Um, okay. I, I, I think some of the other guys might have some audio issues. If they do, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pause and try and get them on. But just to get started, guys, welcome. Um, appreciate everyone coming on board. Um, as as discussed, um, you know, this is a, a unique opportunity for everyone to sort of come together um, on this call and get an opportunity to you know learn a few things together as a group. Um, today's topic where we're going to be covering um, referral partnerships, and I've got a guest with me today. Uh, Ronald Ramirez, actually a good friend of mine. I've worked with Ronald over several years. Um, Ronald's a real estate agent. Um, actually, people still can't hear me. Um, Ronald's a real you... estate agent. Pardon me? Nothing. Can you sorry. hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, Ronald? yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> um, yeah, so. Uh, I've worked with Ronald for several years. Ronald's a real estate agent, um, has been a real, uh, successful real estate agent um, several years um, in areas uh, specializing in uh, Western Sydney, but I think generally overall, all of Sydney. Successful agent in, in, in listing and selling, probably becoming one of the top agents uh, in New South Wales. Um, but today's opportunity is, is essentially gonna be an open discussion around um, how to establish um, effective referral networks, um, not just establishing any referral networks, because as much as everyone says that they um, yeah, create and nurture you know, relationships with other professionals, the value that they actually bring to the table differs from each from each person. I think today is going to give us an insight around um, number one, you know, how important is it, but also how do you add value to that relationship. And, and, and also we'll be sharing a couple of tips that Ronald has, you know, from working in real estate and, you know, also working with finance previously as well. You know, some success tips that he can add um, that will help you guys as brokers um, grow your business and, and, and also you know, grow your referral network. So welcome everybody and, and welcome Ronald. Uh, good thank to have you. you here today. Yeah, thanks, mate. Look, uh, I just want to start off by obviously introducing myself. Uh, like we could say, my name is Ronald Ramirez. I work for uh, one of the franchise in Western Sydney, which is Blacktown, uh, where I specialize in that region. Um, uh, previously, I did work for a, one of the major lenders out there as a, as a credit assessor. So I've got that, you know, that experience in terms of being in that part of, uh, part of the, the business. Uh, also, as part of the experience, I did own a company, uh, a broking company with, um, with yourself, Jack, and we did have a few uh, brokers under us and, and, and also running the company and, and also writing at the same time. Um, as part of Harcourt, which is the franchise in, in Blacktown, I've uh, been together with them for about three years now uh, as a sales agent. Um, in that three years, I've learned a lot in terms of dealing with um, not just the clients who are purchasing, but dealing with, you know, a lot of different parts of the business, like solicitors, developers, uh, brokers, and, um, you know, person building inspectors, everyone that is involved in the sale of the property. So um, I, I do uh, communicate a lot with them um, and, and try to gain, uh, you know, knowledge on how they operate as well. So anything at all that you guys want to want to ask, I'm more than happy to answer. Um, I'm very... Um, I'm very, not blunt, I'm, but I'm very open with, with the answers that I give. Um, having that, that credit background, I try to, I'm not the typical agent where I'm going to blab on about, you know, things that, that don't matter. Um, I, I'm going to try to talk about a lot of things that, that's going to matter in your business and, and help you grow. Cool. Yeah. 
Thanks, Ronald. Thanks, Ronald. So, um, guys, just um, I, I guess just to set the format of today, it's it's going to be an open conversation. So, um, look, I encourage you guys if you have any questions, um, jump in or raise your hand or even type it up, um, and I'll ask it on your behalf. But I want I want you guys to get as much value from this session um, as much as possible, um, because as as I probably mentioned to each one of you previously, relationships with clients are great and they're fantastic. But what's also important are your professional relationships and, and your relationships uh, that you have with your network. You know, there's a saying that says, you know, your network is uh, equatable to your network. And, you know, your network spans over through, um, you know, individuals, you know, friends and family, but also professionals as well. Um, and, you know, one thing that uh, Ron and I always talked about previously is, um, is the concept of an A-team, you know, understanding who are those, um, who are those professional people um, that deal with your clients throughout the process of purchasing uh, a property or, or, or even in, in, in their financial life. So to, to, to give you an idea, right, when you're, when you're purchasing a property um, and step in wherever you want here, um, Ronald, um, but yeah. when you purchase property, you know, your, your, your clients are dealing with uh, obviously a real estate agent, probably dealing with a solicitor. Um, yep. You've got your in place as well. There's building inspectors. You've got to understand, you've got to think about of the whole process of, you know, each of those individual professionals that your client's going to be dealing with along the way of the transaction. And you want to make sure that you're in bed with each one of those because, um, you know, the client may, may know it or not, um, but, you know, they, they will realize that they've got to, um, they've got to have these people along the way. And, uh, you know, it's important that you have, these guys are back or disposable refer to or that your clients can refer to very high chance these clients as well um or, or those professionals as well have their own networks and the last thing you want is for let's say another agent or another uh, to be referring to another broker so you want to make sure that you've got a solution for all your clients from start yeah, to look i just want to add to that one as well um if you if you are uh, in contact with everyone that is involved in the deal, it's um it's actually a lot easier for you to control everything. Uh, when I say that, as a real estate agent, if I do have direct contact with the broker, direct contact with the person building inspector, the valuer, uh, and everyone else involved in that deal, this problem if problem arises, I can fix it quicker, uh, and it's easier to fix it rather than someone that you don't have any relationship with. Uh, for example, if a, val if, a, if a valuer comes in to value a property of mine, I tend to attend a valuation um, inspection as well and even bring you know, a coffee and, and just to help and, and build rapport with that, with that particular valuer. Because if the valuer um, tries to um, act within my favor, then the deal closes as, as quickly and easier um, as it can rather than someone that I don't have any relationship with. And, and that's something that you need to build with every single one that's related to that, to that deal or, or assigned to that deal. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so I, I guess a question I have for you, Ronald, is um, yeah. with all the professional networks, you know, if we're thinking of all the potential professionals that, that we deal with as brokers on a day-to-day -day basis, or I, I guess just professionals in general um, out there in the public, um, when we think about real estate agents or you know, an agent like yourself, um, why, why should a broker be working with an agent? Uh, well, 
from the broker's point of view, um, obviously, there's a lot of deals out there um, from the real estate side that, that they can refer to the broker to start with. Um, clients are very important and that's where um, our income comes from. So obviously, as a real estate agent, if I can refer these clients to the broker, then that's beneficial for the broker, right? Um, as a real estate agent, we do deal with a lot of potential buyers out there. And not only potential buyers, potential clients that would refinance as well. Okay, so for example, if, if a potential buyer goes into my open home and, um, and looks for a home, 50% um, of the time, they don't have any finance approved. Okay? Uh, which means that it's a good opportunity for that broker to jump in and try to help that client. Now, if you're on the front foot and you have that relationship with a, with a, with a real estate agent as a broker, then you've got that, uh, that high chance of actually securing that client. Now, as an example, in an open home, you might have, as a real estate agent, you might have uh, 15 to 20 groups that comes in, right? 50% of them might have finance approval, but 50% possibly wouldn't have then you've actually got a chance of actually securing that client on the day uh, and, and help them out that way where, you know, you can provide your service as a broker. Yeah. Right. So, so, so you, um, I, to, to that point, um, are you seeing many brokers engaging with real estate agents at open homes at the moment, or do you think that's a, that's a massive opportunity that's still out there that's yet to be tapped into? It's a massive opportunity. Um, I was doing an open home once in, in my area. Um, this broker came along and, and said a quick hello uh, and also dropped off his card. Um, I did entertain him, but I was busy, uh, obviously talking to buyers. Um, but it's a good gesture where he dropped, off, um, he dropped off his card and he mentioned that he was gonna get in touch, but he didn't get in touch. So that, mm -hmm. that first point, of him dropping off his card and saying hello is actually a good gesture because not many people do it. Not many brokers do it because it's scary. And some real estate agents are scary uh, and, and they do tend to get busy on that day. Um, mm -hmm. But if you can do that activity of just simply dropping off your card um, to start with and, and, and sending an email or giving a call and see how everything went on that Saturday and reintroducing yourself um, could actually build a really strong foundation in terms of you building that relationship with a broker. Sorry, mm -hmm. with a real mm -hmm. and, of, and, of, and of course, um, with that as well, the follow-up is important as well, right? Because I imagine that, let's say on those open homes, let, let's, you know, I think most of the time they're open on Saturdays. You know, they, they get, you know, several groups that come through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as an agent, you have to go from one site to another site. So the yeah. importance of follow-up um, I, I guess is impeccable. When's a great day for a, for a broker to follow up on that referral or, or that potential referral relationship? You know, if, if they're any, coming in, they drop time, in and said hi. Yeah. Anytime the week after. So you can send a, an email. Um, all real estate agents, the email address is available um, in their website and also their, their mobile. You can look, you might chase two or three agents on that day but you probably can only build relationship with one or none of them on that day. But mm. you got to chase these agents like you chase <clears throat> your client. Mm -hmm. it, nothing mm -hmm. is built, you know, with one, with one meeting or one, one contact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the the minimum points or minimum contact that needs to happen is you know for someone to not forget you is nine points of contact right so you can nine points of contact nine points of contact as a real yeah. estate agent for for a client to remember us this there should be nine ports of contact there so it could be a phone call it could be an email it could be dropping off your card it could be waving and and um you know saying from uh saying saying hello and dropping off into the office it could be anything but mm -hmm. you need to chase them and you need to build that relationship you can't build relationship with one contact and yeah exactly and and, and i think it, i guess in general marketing terms you know we usually refer that to uh, touch points um, as brokers, you know, we've, dis we've discussed that previously that you know, you've got multiple touch points, you know, you can contact um, your, your clients or your referral networks by phone, you know, there's email, there's SMS, um, you know, I, I think at minimum throughout the year, you've got to have you know, at the absolute least like 12 touch points throughout the year, you've got to have a reason to contact your clients and, and it's not just through one channel, right? It's, it's you know, you've got to be able to be visible through both, you know, face to face telephone, you know, emails, um, all, all, all avenues, you know, you've got to, they've got to be continuous reminded of who you are. Is that right? That's right. That's correct. And like what you said, it, it can't just be, um, there's only one channel. There's not only one channel that you can touch, you can touch base with your clients. It could be, um, sending out a letter or sending a newsletter, um, even mm -hmm. writing, uh, in real estate, this is big, which is, it could take you two minutes to do. I send out personal um, handwritten uh, thank you letter cards um, mm -hmm. to the clients directly. Um, this mm -hmm. is before I list the property, uh, when I, when I even just have a chat with them on the phone, or even straight after I have a chat with them or have a, you know, a listing presentation with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so you, so, thank you card. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all handwritten to the client. It's all handwritten, and you know how many times I see it in their um, in their in their office room, in their uh, bookshelf. Yeah. So many times yeah. where they actually put it up because it's very personalized. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I mean, I think I, I think I think today we um, we we rely so much on on digital methods. You know, it's it's too easy for an email to just come and then you know, be deleted. Whereas, you know, handwritten card, it's something that people you know, tend to cherish and, and hang on. You know, I've, I've, I've got some Christmas cards that are still on my wall from, geez, probably three or four 100%. years ago. <laughs> you yeah. can do that on, on birthday cards. You can do that on um, anniversary cards. You know, you, yeah. you guys might have clients where they purchased their first home uh, a year yeah. ago, and you can send them an anniversary card and saying that, look, it's been a year. Um, I'm still here. Just saying hello. Here's my card again. Here's a thank you letter yeah. card. And if you need anything or you know anyone, put it all in there. Put it all in that card, and it's all handwritten, and off you go. Yeah, fantastic. That's that's great. That's great. Um, now, sorry, just going back to I guess brokers and relationships um, with with real estate agents. Um, mm. You know, one thing that I've noticed is there's probably more. I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's probably more brokers than there are real estate agents, um, let's say maybe in an area or as a whole nationally. Um, you know, how, how, does, how does a broker stay competitive um, when they're trying to build a relationship with an agent? Because you know, I, I would imagine that most agents already have some sort of relationship with a broker 
But you know, if I'm yep. if I'm a new broker and I want to establish, you know, there's a great agent who's got a high profile in the area, and I want to create a relationship with them. How do I get in there, or, or what can I say to get in there um, to 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 build the relationship? Because you know, I think the first hesitation that I would have is, oh, you know what? They're a high profile agent. They're probably already working with another broker. You know, what have I got to offer to the table? You know, what's going to make me stand out as a broker? Okay. Um, you gotta, you, you have to show anyone that you're targeting as a, as a referral partner, you, especially real estate agents, you have to show them that you're hungry. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to show them that you mean business with a smile. Okay. So when I say that, a lot of agents out there would have a referral partner with, with a broker already, but mm -hmm. There's enough business for everyone. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, in an open home, for example, I might do five to seven open homes in a day to show mm -hmm. houses in a day. Each one of them could have 20 people that's coming through. Mm -hmm. right? In five, there's 100 people in there that's potential for a lot of brokers to contact uh, and, and possibly help out. Now, that mm -hmm. is more than enough for one broker to, to follow up. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've, if you show, if you can show that you're hungry for the business, then mm -hmm. there's no one stopping that agent or any referral partner that you, you're targeting to give you that business. Mm -hmm. right? If I'm going to ask for the business, you might not give it to me now, but if I'm persistent and ask for it with a smile in a week or two weeks time, then mm -hmm. there's a high chance of actually getting that business. And that's with any referral partners. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you just gotta ask for the business. No one's gonna give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the the the, the saying goes right. Yeah, if if they if they say no, that's not no forever. It's no for now. So persistence. It's an answer. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, exactly. It's a no now, but it could be a yes later on. Um, that's correct. Because having a no there is actually a lot better than having no answer at all because i you know if you if you persist enough that no can turn into a yes later on yeah it's only absolutely right yeah correct correct um yeah how many how many times have i seen relationships between brokers and agents um fall apart because i don't know maybe for whatever reason but a broker stops becoming a broker or, or maybe they just haven't upheld their end of the agreement in terms of, let's say, a service level. And so an agent needs to um, have a backup plan, right? Because at the end of the day, what's actually important to an agent? Like, well, an, as an agent, want, yeah, look, as an agent, we've got three main tasks only that we need to do. We need, well, four main tasks. We need to prospect for new business all the time. We need to list the property and we need to sell the property and just repeat mm -hmm. those three main tasks, okay? Mm -hmm. the, the quicker we can get a listing, the, weaker, the quicker we can sell it, it's a lot better for us. Because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, game, the game in real estate is to churn as much clients as we can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, for a broker to help us do that, we need to make sure that communication is, um, is up there, definitely, mm -hmm. uh, because the 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 quicker that we can get the deal done and the, the quicker that we can get information from the broker um mm -hmm. the quicker we can can get the deal done and move on to the next deal okay mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so that is very important when communication is up there and also um and also the speed of 
of I know that there's SLAs and you know ETAs when it comes to getting the deal done, but if we know that upfront, then we can actually work our way around it instead of just being left, you know, not knowing anything. Yeah, and, and, and do most agents understand now that some banks can take up to 20 days to get an approval? I mean, considering that the, the cooling off period is only 10, 10, let's say five days by contract and 10 day extent, um, you know, negotiated. Um, yeah. When we're talking lenders potentially going up to 20, 23 days, it is, yeah. it, it, that's something that agents understand now. Um, 100%. They do understand, but at the end of the day, we still want the, the deal done. A lot of agents would just want the deal done and get it, you move on to the next one. Um, mm -hmm. But don't overpromise. Don't tell them that, look, you know, you can get it done in two days. Tell them that you mm -hmm. can get it done in 10 days, but, you know, you've got instances where you've got it approved uh, within the two to three days. Um, mm -hmm. You know, back mm -hmm. in my broker days, I've got, at, at the moment, I know that St. George is doing, what, 26, 26 days SLA at the moment. Yeah. But you might have other lenders out there that, um, that might get it approved quicker than, a lot quicker than that. So yeah. just let the agent know that, look, you're going through with this, uh, with this lender, their current ETA is X amount, but I'm escalating everything and, you know, I'm on top of it. The valuation is going to yeah. be ordered this time and this is what's yeah. going to happen. They're not going to bother yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that goes with, with, I guess, any sort of communication with whether it be your client or whether, whether it be agent or any other professional. They just want to know what's going on, right? I mean, you know, is, is, is there any... I mean, I've, I've always believed that it's always great to be in touch with everybody that's associated with the transaction, you know, at, yeah. at, at the very least every two days, you know, because, you know, yeah. if you don't hear from someone from two days, um, they think nothing's going on. And the last thing you want is someone thinking that you as a broker or you as a professional aren't really taking their case very, very, uh, very seriously. Um, you know, because, you know, buying a property is the biggest transaction or could be one of the biggest transactions that um, your client could, potentially be making in their life and you know people get very anxious um you know they want to get the approval and and, and i think it's, it's that time between making the offer and and you know exchanging contracts that's when people get very anxious right i mean it, how how oh, and, and as an agent do you get anxious yourself as well when when you're not hearing from a broker you know a couple of days well, within? you're not hearing from anyone 100 percent um yeah. especially when uh, there's a lot of things that could um, that could hinder the sale, uh, and if right. we we can't sell a property, then we don't get paid, right? Yeah. So yeah. selling a property is the number one number one uh, you know activity that needs to happen. Yeah, so gotcha, gotcha. If, if we're in contact with everyone, for example, a person building inspector, um, yep. and and we've got really good relationship with them then it's, it's easier for us to control the deal. Not saying that, mm -hmm. you know, we're selling a dud to, to the buyer, but, you know, some person building inspectors out there would, um, would amplify the actual negative aspects of the home. You know, if mm -hmm. we can be um, in front of them and actually explain to the clients that this is not a big issue, then, you know, everyone's happy and it's easier to deal with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so so you know, I, I guess key key to a, an effective relationship with a with a real estate agent is clear communication and um, efficiency in terms of being able to work through quickly to meet deadlines. You know, you, you as an agent want to have that transaction done and dusted ASAP. Is that right? Sorry, what was that? I was 
what, what are you uh, what are we? so what's 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 important to you as an agent with, uh, with uh, as a relationship with a, with a broker is that they're they're open um, in terms of their communication and that they're yep. clear and, you know they're efficient in the way that they work um, you know they oh, get definitely. back they return return phone calls get back to you keep you in the loop um, definitely the process and, mm-hmm. uh, and not delay it yeah yeah 100%. but but if, you if guys, challenges uh experts you guys are professionals and and some real estate agents obviously um are, are profession in that section you're the prof- you're the professional when it comes to finance so we would actually yeah. get your advice you know yeah. in terms of dealing with that with that section of the of the transaction yeah gotcha so and, and most what- of the time we would ask for your advice as well yeah and what if there's a let's say if there's a bit of a challenge in, in, in throughout the process in getting the approval maybe something came came up that was unexpected and, and the lender's not happy with that obviously that causes delays um right. you know i know some brokers might start to feel a little bit anxious or might even get nervous in you know in updating people let even know on, on the potential bad news. I mean, not necessarily the bad news, but some of the challenge, because everyone hopes that, everyone thinks that the process is going to be nice and smooth and, and it's seamless. Never you know, that, <laughs> it never <laughs> is. You know, you, I, th- I think, you know, when you come into the industry as a broker, you think the job's about, you know, speaking with a client, filling up an application, and then you get an approval. It's not that, later. yeah. But, yeah, I think we all know that it's a- As a broker, yeah, it's keeping the deal together. Yeah. That's right, it's keeping the deal together. Now, as, you know, when when, issues or challenges come up throughout the process, you know, that may, and, and you were cutting it short to, um, you know, end of the cooling off period. How should a broker approach the agent? You know, obviously they don't want to scare anyone. They don't want to make people lose faith in the ability of the broker. Yeah. But you know, look, what's, what, what's your advice around how to handle that? Yeah. Look, to start with, you need to approach the agent. Okay. Yeah. Because a, the agent has got control um, with communicating with a vendor Okay, and actually having that power on extending that cooling off period. Yeah. Okay, that's, you know, apart from the solicitor, because, yeah. because the, the agent has got direct contact with a vendor. Now, yeah. if you're open with them and just let them know that, look, for whatever reason it is, you need to um, extend cooling off period, uh, mm-hmm. then, and you're upfront with it as a broker to the agent, then you've got actually a high chance of extending that cooling off period instead of just um, not letting anyone know that extension needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. coming back to the communication, you need to communicate with the, with the agent and let them know that, yeah. look, this is the reason why um, we're working on it, but there's a high chance that they'll get approved. It just needs a couple of days to, uh, to extend it. Yeah. 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 And, and, and for, for buyers that come to... Um, let's say an open home um, with a pre-approval, without a pre-approval, how much does that make a difference? Because the reality is there's not many, you know, I, I think a lot of lenders now are starting to pull back on, on issuing pre-approvals. Um, yep. You know, there, there, there's only a handful that will, that will only do it these days. Uh, does, that, does that really matter when, when a client you know, or a buyer comes to an agent's office, you know, looks at a house and, you know, if, if, if there are two similar buyers, you know, one's got a pre-approval and one doesn't, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. 100%, yeah. It, 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 it doesn't does. matter. Agent hundred percent. Because if I've got two buyers, right. Trying to purchase a, a million dollar property, um, once on yeah. 5% deposit. And I can see that they're running around with, you know, kids and family and, you know, not judging by the, by the look of it. 
um, mm-hmm. but they've got kids and you can sort of see what sort of liability they do have by face yeah. value. Uh, in comparison to someone that's got 20%, um, you can see that, you know, earning whatever, good, earning good income. Um, I'd ra- <laughs> I don't want to say I'd rather sell it to the one that's got better finance, but I will present that to the vendor and let them know that look, this one here is on 5%. Finance not ready, bit shaky. The other one's finance ready, putting 20% in. Here's the pre-approval. Everything's done. From the vendor's point of view, yeah. They'd rather take in the client that's got everything ready to go. Yeah, right. Yeah, because it's time off the market. When someone puts an offer, you've got you've to make that property uh, essentially under a cooling off period. And, under and, cooling and, off. And, and, and that could be one or two weeks that that property is off the market. Hey? So right. they want to make sure that that buyer's pretty certain. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I've requested a lot of clients before uh, regarding their pre approval. You know, most of the time I, I try, especially when, when the property is hot. Uh, if I've got if I've got thirty groups of buyers that's come into the property and you know offers you know flowing you know left front centers it's it's I gotta pick the best one for the client because at the end of the day we work for the best interests of our vendors. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Ronald, you mentioned something previously. Um, you know the word prospecting. Um, you know I, I I think that's a word that shouldn't be treated lightly. You know it's a very important keyword in in business. Um, brokering business, real estate business, I think business in general. Um, how prospecting, I, I guess, is essentially business development. Prospecting is going out and hunting for business, right? It's, it's, it's prospecting is creating relationships. Prospecting right. is doing proactive work to, to find business. Um, I, I want to sort of touch into that. Um, and if I can ask you, how important do you, do you think prospecting is? Um, in business in general. I mean, you've been a broker before and now you're an agent. I think as an agent prospecting is, you know, one of the core parts of, of, of your daily activities. Tell me now that you've seen sort of both worlds, you know, broker and agent, how important is prospecting for a broker? Um, I, I think it's, it's very important. Look, I think it's one of the main activities that needs to be done on a daily basis without a daily on a daily yeah. basis. Okay. Yeah. Now it could be on a Sunday where, you're at a barbecue where you can prospect and, you know, not hardcore prospect, but you can say that you're, you're a broker and, you know, and, 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 and say it out loud there. Uh, but it's, it's a daily activity that needs to happen. Now, everyone that is in business should have an ideal week, right? Where they should allocate certain tasks at a certain time on a certain date. Okay, I'm just looking at my calendar now uh, and I can see that every Monday from 9.30 to 12.30 p.m., that's prospecting hours. Okay, mm-hmm. every Monday, no miss. Mm-hmm. So three uh, hours of prospecting every Monday. Three hours of solid prospecting. That's probably getting in contact with 40, 50 people on that three wow. hours. Okay, that could be you know, cold calling or calling existing referral partners, calling, you know, previous clients, calling potential vendors that's already hot, calling past buyers, calling everyone. Um, that's in the office, solid prospecting. Now on a Tuesday morning, I can't do any prospecting because I've got my sales meeting there. Okay. Mm-hmm. On a Wednesday morning, I've got no meetings. So that's prospecting hard as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now on a Thursday, I try to keep it free. Uh, in terms of spending time with 
um, with friends and family uh, and prospecting out of the office. So if I, if I have to meet a potential referral partner um, uh, for a coffee, I've met him on a Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's still mm-hmm. prospecting. Friday, mm-hmm. I've got my preparation for the day after uh, for the mm-hmm. open homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can only prospect an hour of that time. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I mentioned that they're all in the morning times, yeah? Um, mm-hmm. Now, in the afternoon, that's when I can actually schedule all my valuers. Oh, as a real estate agent, we have to schedule valuers. Person building, all my um, meetings that I've, um, that I've actually um, prospected and, and set up the meeting, um, I do it all in the, in the afternoon. Okay? The reason why I do prospecting in the morning is because that's when you're fresh. That's when you've got no distractions and that's when you can actually solidly contact and connect with, uh, with potential clients out there. So that's very mm-hmm. important. No miss at all. Mm-hmm. There's a saying that goes around, you know, 10 calls before 10. What's that? That's yeah, right. yeah, making, making 10 calls to what, 10 different people or 10 prospecting calls before 10 a.m. while your mind's fresh, hey? That's right. Yeah. The yeah. thing is, if you try to do a meeting in the morning, right? And you haven't done your prospecting. I've, I've done it so many times where I do a meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm all excited. Um, and if, if the meeting doesn't go well, uh, then my prospecting hours and my prospecting, um, that's all going to be, that's all going to be, it's not going to happen in the afternoon. So technically right. that whole day is gone of actually yeah. prospecting for new clients. Yeah. And because I think, new business I think is important, that little yeah. step is very important of just actually calling someone and prospecting for that new business. Exactly. I think that's an important p- uh, point that you make, right? Cause uh, the thing that I hear a lot from brokers is, um, you know, they're so busy, they don't get enough uh, or they don't have time to prospect, you know, leads are coming in, um, you know, which, which, you know, is, is the reality, right? I mean, I, th- I think, you know, some brokers are fortunate enough where, you know, they get quite busy leads do come through um, and, and you know, maybe the intention is that they, they want to prospect, but then they get too busy. They get too busy reacting, but you know, would but you when agree you that say it's important? That, it means mm. that prospecting is not the number one activity in your book. That's right. Which is a problem because you might be busy now, but what are you busy about? Are you mm. busy about submitting a deal? Is that something that you can delegate? That's right. You know, as a broker, you're not there to, you're not there to, to put deals, you're not there to submit a deal. You're there to get more business. Mm-hmm. You can get a, you can hire an assistant to submit a deal for you. You can pay someone, you know, 150 bucks to submit a deal for you. You know. Well, there are businesses out there established that do loan processing, right? Per application. And that's why they're there. Yeah. Because big businesses are getting them, and 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 that's why they're there. That's why they're important. You yeah. know, you have yeah. to delegate the task that's non-dollar productive, and you need to do the dollar productive activities. Yeah. On a daily basis. Yeah, exactly. And scheduling in is important. Hey, it's not, you know what, I'm going to do prospecting today, but you know, I'll do that after I submit this deal. It's knowing that in your diary, no. you know, this, this time on this day, you know, is my time to prospect. And, and That's you mentioned right. that previously about ideal week, you know, um, I, I've, I've spoken about it with a few, um, all the guys in this room, um, you know, cr- creating that, that perfect week in advance, you know, visualizing what it looks like. 
um, you know, right. planning it meticulously, everything from the point that you wake up to the point that you go to bed and then you know, owning those minutes, owning those hours in the day and allocating um, time for yep. the, the dollar productive um, activities, right? That's right. Yeah. And you have, yeah. To, you have to allocate that time because um, if, that time, if that activity is already allocated for that time, then mm-hmm. it gives you no choice. It gives you less thinking to actually um, choose something different because there's, there's an activity allocated for that already. Now, yeah. with myself, there's, a, there's, a, there's an a, a activity allocated uh, from 12 to 12.30 to 1, which is lunch, because you need to replenish and you need to, um, you need to after two hours of prospecting, you just need to replenish. Now, there's yeah. an activity uh, for when I need to drink water, you know, at a certain time. There's an activity for when I need to um, door knock. You know, I can't door knock at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's just impossible. But I have to yeah. door knock at 3.30 in the afternoon till 4.30, you know, mm-hmm. because that's when everyone's in. That's when, you know, most parents have picked up their kids. They're, they're active at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and speaking of um, prospecting, I think I, one thing I, w- I want to do is if um, the guys that are in the room, maybe just um, grab a pen and paper handy. But, um, you know, thinking of those prospecting activities, you know, I think that there's, there's probably a million things that you can do, but just to sort of shout it out there, some of the things that you can do, um, obviously as an agent, you door knock. You door knock. Um, I don't think many brokers do that, but uh, you mentioned before um, contacting existing clients, um, contacting you know, reaching, reaching out to them for referrals or checking in how they are. Um, um, calling your, um, you got to have a purpose, obviously, when you call those existing clients. So if, it, if it's, you know, an anniversary, so mm-hmm. you contact them and, and you let them know that, you know, it's been a year. How's everything mm-hmm. going? Um, do you mm-hmm. need anything from me at all? Letting you know I'm mm-hmm. still alive and I'm still out here if you need me. <laughs> um, and yeah. straight away, send them, send them a thank you card and, and send your business card in there again. Um, and, yeah. and make sure your business card has got a magnet or, or something that they can put up, put up on their fridge. So you're always in there. Exactly. Uh, I think that's I think that's a beauty as well that the CRMs that um, that brokers have access to, regardless of which aggregator you are, you're collecting so much information. There are certain right. things that you can pull out from there, things from birth dates um, to yeah. uh, maybe even favorite sporting teams. So there's a reason you know you've got to find that reason. You've got to be able to categorize your clients and find a reason to call them right. So you can contact your existing clients. Um, I, I I think um, we discussed this previously. Um, the importance of um, you know keeping track of all the leads and all the people that you've contacted in the past, people that have made an inquiry, because if they didn't, um, let's say, proceed with a loan you know, a few months ago, that's another avenue that you can, uh, or another list that you can contact, that you can yeah. prospect. And, yeah, you've got- and when, if, if they don't proceed with you, their, their contacts are your potential clients as well. So mm-hmm. if, they can't, if they can't get a loan themselves, it doesn't mean that, mm-hmm their brother or their sister or their cousin cannot or doesn't want to get a loan. Exactly. Right. So, so the cause, the call doesn't necessarily have to be, um, I mean, just keeping it very, you know, very raw here. Um, the call doesn't have to be, Hey, you know, can I, can I do business with you? The call could be, do you know anyone else that I can help or 100%. do business with? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And you have to ask for it. You have to ask for yeah. that business because gotcha. if you don't, okay. they're not just going to give it to you. 
So as part yeah. of my prospecting tool, if someone is looking into, um, for example, someone comes into my open home and they're trying to purchase a massive home, right? It just means mm -hmm. that they're, you know, 50% of the time upgrading their home. So what that mm -hmm. means to me, they could potentially be selling the existing home. And so many times I've listed the property that way, where they upgrade yeah. it to, um, to a bigger home, selling the existing home, and there you go. That's another uh, potential client or potential vendor for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hey, also prospecting means prospecting for referral partnerships as well, right? So, you know, I yeah. think one, one of the activities that, I, that I've done previously as a broker is, you know, looking at different areas of, of Sydney or you know, whichever city you're in, finding out, you know, um, who are the... Who are those professionals that are that are most likely probably going to interact with my client along the way, and then yeah. reaching out to them to see if, if they can be part of my so-called A team, my professional network that I can refer. Um, you know, when we were in business, we, we we had that we had that sheet that we gave out to our clients that that basically said, "Here's our here's our A team, here's our preferred network of professionals," and you're basically listing that and giving it to the client. So if client, you know, first home buyer, for example, thinks that all they need to do is just get a loan. They don't realize that they need to have a solicitor. They need to have testing building inspected. If you give all those contacts up front, um, you know, that's obviously valuable, but, you know, prospecting to get those um, professional contacts and, 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 and building those relationships. So, you know, you can, you can find out in your local directory who are those local um, agents, accountants, solicitors, um, test and building inspectors, um, strata managers. And, and try and build networks um, all around Sydney because your clients are going to come, come from all different areas and you know, they, they might want to deal with their, their local over there. Yeah. Um, so you can prospect in, in, in that point as well. But um, hey, I, I, I want to just ask about prospecting. What, um, how much time should you be spending prospecting um, a, a day or even a week? Yeah, it, it depends on that particular person because not everyone in here is, is obviously doing full-time or you could have different um, different um, uh, level of um, experience out there. Mm. But the main thing, the way that you would figure that out is to obviously, um, if you can sit down and do your ideal week and try to map out where... Um, where you can insert those prospecting hours um, and try to find out what number you want to write in the year. Because if I, if you ask me that question and you only, um, you only want to do part-time in, in business or you only want to write X amount of dollars, then that would determine how much you want to prospect. Right? So the main, the main activity that you need to do is, is do your ideal week, um, put in the task in there that needs, um, that needs to happen on a weekly basis. And then soon enough, you'll find out that, look, um, I've got free time on Monday and Wednesdays, and that's the only real time I can prospect. So you can allocate three hours on each those days, and you can turn around and go, look, six hours of prospecting is enough for me for that week, because that, that is really the only time that I can do it. Um, yeah. yeah, so number one, do your ideal week, um, just in your calendar. And um and allocate those activities in there. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think from experience, you know, starting off and let's say you know allocating twenty percent of your working time to prospecting a week. Now call it yeah, you know, maybe maybe um, anywhere from an hour and a half to two two hours um, a day uh, prospecting. But you know, over time as your business grows, 
you know, obviously everyone wants to get to a point where they're building the business and maybe they're getting some support staff under them. You know, as, as the owner of the business, your, your value is, is not in processing loans, but your value is in building okay. the business and getting more clients. And so would you agree that, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great to, let's say, start off with, you know, 20% of your time prospecting, but in the long-term picture, you want to get to a point where you can spend 80% of your time prospecting okay. and networking and speaking to clients. You know, the, the, the best brokers out there aren't spending many hours in front of the computer. You know, the, the, the most efficient and best brokers out there that write a lot of business are spending their time in front of people, are spending their time um, on the phone contacting. You know, they're running out of battery on their phone by about midday because <laughs> they're just constantly speaking, speaking, and then at the end of the day, they'll just check in because it gets to a point where, you know, they've got support staff that, 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 they, can, um, that they can feed all these, these deals through. And you know what? The only way um, you can get support staff is... is by building your pipeline, by growing um, the amount of leads and the quality of the leads coming through. And the only way to do that is, is your efforts in prospecting. Um, yeah. But I'll spend some time with each one of the guys one-on-one um, -on -one, uh, around how to, well, what that looks like, you know, working backwards by focusing on, you know, what's that end goal that you want to earn in terms of a dollar figure and breaking it down into, you know, in its you know, smallest form as to, you know, what does that look like in terms of a daily activity and prospecting? Because, you know, I think, uh, you know, business is, is a numbers game. Everything is very re um, relevant and, and it all works on ratios. You know, the more, the more you prospect, the more business you get, you know, the more business, the more business you get in terms of, let's say, leads, the more applications you can put through and the more chances of approval and then the more settlements, you know, and you've got to understand that it all comes down to that initial activity that you do to get in the business. You know, there's no point in being you know, the best broker in terms of knowledge and accreditations if nobody knows about you, if yeah. you're not getting any clients in front of you. You, know, you could have a really nice office, really nice branding, you know, all the skills, but if you've got no clients to see, um, then that doesn't really mean anything. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's 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 usually it's it's a core skill. Would you say that uh, it's something that you need? Uh, I wouldn't say it's skill. It's a habit that you need to develop. It's a habit um, that you very early on. Yeah, and and it's yeah. very it's very daunting prospecting because a lot of like in my world, if I speak to um, if I speak to forty people on that day, mm -hmm. maybe twenty percent of them would actually tell me to effort. Um, and just hang up the phone. Yeah. But, but that's a reality. That's a reality. You know, mm. uh, we've got a saying in real estate where you need to be their real estate agent before they need to, before they need a real estate agent, right? That's right. Need to be their broker before they need a broker. They will need yeah. a broker in the future. They will. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. They're going to buy a house. They're going to buy a car. They're going to need business finance. They're going to need... Um, you know, if you've got really good financial player referrals, someone's going to need insurance. You can refer it. You're a broker. You're the main guy that these people need. You know, if, if they need a solicitor, you know, a solicitor, refer the solicitor and build that relationship with that solicitor. If they need a real estate agent to buy, you know, a real estate agent, you know, you need to be their broker before they need a broker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, and I think, I think brokers are in a very unique position where, you know, they get, they get an opportunity to build so much trust. You know, we've, we've got a, we've got a great reputation with, with the general public. Um, people put their financial lives um, and, tr and trust in brokers that brokers, you know, become that 
center point, that hub where um, clients would just ask, you know, for example, I've, I've, I've had clients ask me in the past, Hey, do you know any good removalists? <laughs> or even, you uh, you know, Hey, do you, like, you just become that, that point. And you know what, when they do, everything. when they do ask that, those odd questions, say you do, say you always do. Do you know any removers? Yeah. Yes, I do. Do you know any concreters? Yes, I do. Do you know any plumbers? Yes, I do. And even if you don't, you can ask someone that you know if they know anyone. And if they do, there you go. You built a relationship there and you passed on that removal list to your clients. Yeah, good point. And Very that's good. how you would build that relationship. And a lot of people would just go to you and ask for anything. And just say you do. You, know, you mm -hmm. do know something. Mm -hmm. You know a lot of people. And that's why they come to you. Mm -hmm. And and I Clients, client, people, people rely on brokers to be very resourceful. I've said that before. You know, it, it, we clients, clients can go directly to the bank and fill up an application form and go over and get a get an approval. Um, but the reason why people will need a broker is number one, you know, one point of contact. You know, and they rely on brokers to to be resourceful to to know everything to help them guide them through. You know, you're saving time to the client at the end of the day. You know, how many times? You know, I've spent going through Google trying to find, um, you know, let's say a good removalist. But, you know, if you if you have that person that you can contact and you can just say, hey, do you know a good removalist? Do you know a good um, kitchen maker or, or whatever it is? If you're the broker and you've got all those contacts on your phone, how valuable is it? You know, you've got reason to contact everybody. And, and what you're doing as well is you're growing your professional network because as you refer these people on, you're building trust with them. Um, and, and, and your web, your network, your reach just expands. You know what? You want to get to a point where you've got, like you said, a contact for everything. Um, and, and if someone, and if someone says, or if you don't, you know, like you said, you know, go out and find a contact, have them on your phone. I'm, I'm pretty sure Ronald, you've got uh, contacts for, for everything now. Hey? If, if I type in something in my phone, it will, something will pop out. I might, you know, probably haven't spoken to them in a while, but. If I type in removalist, there's a removalist in there. If I type in a person building inspector, there's someone in there. You know, dentist, anyone, someone's gonna be in my phone. If I type in yeah. that, um, that, that, you know, that tags in there. And, and put tags on your phone. So what I do as well, which is very important, in my phone, I've got a, um, my digital, um, my digital uh, business card, where I've mm -hmm. got all my Facebook, uh, social media links in there. So Facebook, Instagram. I also have mm -hmm. my uh, personal phone and work phone number in there, email address, mm -hmm. the area that I'm in. Uh, and on your, um, on, your, on your contact, you can actually put notes in there. So you can just put tags and whatever um, uh, uh, words that you can put in there. So if someone types in that particular word, it will go back into your uh, into your into your contact. So for example, the one that I have I've got the key areas in my region. So Blacktown Dunes, so all of those areas It's all in my contact. I've also got mm -hmm. finance developments real estate investment owner occupy everything in there So what mm -hmm. I do when I prospect for cold calling I send a contact to them and I tell them I tell them to save that number for when they need something right mm -hmm. because if it's mm -hmm. saved in their phone what they're going to do in a barbecue, if someone asks them, oh, do you know a real estate agent? I don't know, but let me type in my phone. If they type in real estate, my name would come up straight away. Or if they type mm -hmm. in Blacktown, my name would come up. If they type in finance, my name would come up. If they type in anything, developments, my name would come up. And I send it to mm -hmm. every single one that I meet 
in an open that's home anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. that's actually a really good point to make. So basically anything that you wanted to be known for or, or affiliated with, if they search it on their phone, your name comes up. Your name comes up. Yeah, so as a broker, that's actually a very good idea. As a, as, as a broker on your own personal V card or, or contact card, put in it's all those announced. tag words. Those tag words, those they, and 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 <laughs> you, you almost want to have every word in there. You almost want to have every professional, um, every professional industry. Word, listed. Everything about you, your photo, everything, your professional yeah. photo, everything in there. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, hey, uh, look, I'm I'm being very conscious of time. Um, I know you've got a you've been very generous, Ronald. Yeah. They're giving up an hour of your day on your uh, on your day off, but um, you know obviously you're a valuable professional to you know to to be connected to to, to network with. Um, I, I'd, I'd love I love the guys to be able to connect with you um, and be able to find ways to work with you. Um, you've obviously added so much value to my business and to my clients. Um, I, I want to offer that that connection to everyone in this room or all the people that I that I that I mentor. So what we'll do is I will, I will send a recording to everyone um, with this conversation and your contact details as well. And also, um, I, I hope you all don't mind as well. I'll probably share your contact details with Ronald and you guys can get in touch with each other. I'm sure um, you know, Ronald's going to be more than happy to you know, catch up over a coffee or spend more time and, and share his best practice and tips for success. But I think more so important is find ways that you guys can do business together because I know you're always looking for um, great relationships with, with, with brokers, but at the same time, um, as, a, as, as a broker, we're always trying to find great relationships with agents as well. So um, definitely a great starting point would be to, to network and connect with Ronald, um, find ways to add value in each other's business. And, um, yeah, and, and, and kick it off from there. But um, I'm, just, I'm just looking at some of the questions. Um, there, there was a question that was asked earlier, uh, Ronald. Um, it's, it's, it's just with regards to valuations, you know, when we were talking about the process and keeping communications up, um, you know, when they're going through a cooling off period. Um, when a valuation is due, the question yeah. is, when the valuation is due, um, do, does, a, does a broker need to go and meet with the agent or meet with the valuer? No, I was I was referring to myself as a um, as a real estate agent meeting with a value. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at the cool. end of the day, I want the value to stack up, um, and that's mm -hmm. why I'm doing it. Right. Okay. Okay. So you want to make sure that the valuer doesn't. So you want to have a, an element of influence to the valuer, so that Correct. the value doesn't give you a low valuation. Correct. Yeah. I see. And, okay. And, and so the, and the purchaser potentially um, rescinding the contract. And um, and not caring about losing that 0.25 um, uh, instead of purchasing a, a property that that's potentially uh, overpriced in their eyes or the valuer's eyes. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good point. Awesome. Um, One more question with the valuation. Sorry, it's me come out. Um, does the bank charge for valuation uh, if we book for valuation of the house or whatever of the property? The bank? Um, not necessarily. The uh, Kamal, so you're you, you asking, does the bank charge the, yep. the client or the broker? Yeah, uh, I mean, like when we booked our valuation to do our valuation of the property, and they will yeah. do a come and do valuation, and uh, do they yeah. charge uh, to client? 
Um, not look. It, it really depends on the lender. Not not necessarily. Some some lenders still provide free upfront valuations. Um, some lenders, you know, provide free valuations upon um, an application being submitted or upon conditional approval. Um, some lenders will charge um, the valuation. So it really depends on, on which lender you, you, you go with, but it's always good to, to, to understand which value, uh, sorry, which lenders do provide that, um, that level of um, service in terms of free or paid valuations. So you now it's a mixed bag. Um, I, know, I know brokers, you know, some brokers like to order an upfront valuation you know, to ascertain an LVR, because sometimes, you know, you're really bouncing between, is it an LMI deal or is it not an LMI deal? You know, it could be 79% or it could be 81% LVR. Um, at, at, a, at a time like that, you know, that's when you want to make sure that you try and get an upfront valuation, uh, particularly when it comes to refinances. But on, on, on purchases, I think um, most, of the, most of the time, you know, valuations stack up, right, Ronald? Correct. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. On purchases, um, usually the value goes off by the um, the contract of sale, unless it's an off the plan property or um, where it's you know the market value is a lot different to um, to what it was two years ago when they paid that deposit. Now, as a real estate agent, what we tell our clients anyway um, is we can't tell them the actual value of the property. Um, we we appraise the property based on the comparable sales around the area. Okay, so if they're selling a 600K homes, then we tend to show the client or our vendor that there's a lot of similar homes that are selling around the area for that much anyway. Um, and the value would pretty much go off with six different comparisons in the valuation report. And that's why most of the time, valuations do stack up, um, especially in my area where there's a lot of median priced properties uh, and there's not much of a variation in terms of units and houses and you know commercial properties there's not much vari variations in there yeah. yeah yeah good point um yeah um yeah good 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 point as well um brought up by manishi um you know some some little lenders um, will only charge 50 dollars when it comes to valuations as well so Really depends on how you choose, but you know I think that's why again, reinforcing what Ronald said, um, getting the agent involved with the valuer, you know, try and try and get a full valuation where you can, um, and um, you know obviously the agent wants a deal to get through, um, you yeah. know, as much as you do. You know, we as brokers want to get approvals, agents want to get settlements, they want to get exchange contracts. You know, everyone's yeah. working towards the same goal here. Um, cool. Um, any other questions? Um, anyone else have any questions? If you just want to shout it out or type it in. Um, I have one Ronald. quick one. Uh, when we yeah. were um, doing a loan writing, um, like um, uh, on the application form, uh, yeah. it asks uh, on, on online, it asks uh, like um, uh, client's uh, credit history, like um, uh, from Equifax or whatever, you know. Uh, do yeah. we have to do credit history ourselves or? It is just the kind of checking against the um, payslip and um, bank yeah. transaction mm. and uh, yeah. um, like an end of financial year statement or yeah. whatever, you know? Look, yeah. Good question. Um, the question is if there's any credit impairment, is that right? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, normally when you're filling a form, it will, it will ask um, um, client's yeah, credit history. Credit. It will yeah, let I, you go to the next step, but it, there is an option, you know? And, yeah. um, 
do um, broker or loan writer, whoever have to do that one or bank will do that one? Look, yeah. as a broker, as a broker, you need to ask your client around that. Okay, just ask them, look, have you applied with any other banks? Um, if they say yes, is there a reason that it's been declined? Um, it will give you a good starting point on, on how you can help your clients. At the end of the day, you are the professional. So you have yep. the yep. every right to ask that question. And if they're lying to you, so be it. It's up to them. Now, in terms of your privacy uh, and your, um, your credit, um, credit guide, it actually gives you that authority to do a credit check under their name. Okay. Now it's up to you if you want to do it or not, but if you do, it's going to cost you money, right? Some, some, uh, some aggregators would charge you $15 to do a credit check. But if you can feel that, um, they've got some sort of credit impairment or they're hiding something for you. Once they've signed that privacy agreement, it actually gives you that, um, good starting point to actually find out how you can help them. Right, yeah, because yeah. if they're lying to you, then it's harder for you to get the deal across the line. You you need to make these clients understand that you're the professional and you're there to help them, and yeah. they need to they need to believe what you're saying, and they need to understand that you're there to do whatever it takes to actually get the deal done for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The way that, the, 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 way that, that. The, way that, the way that I see it is. Um, you know, you're effectively like a lawyer. Um, you need to, they need to tell you everything. You need to understand their financial position um, from start to finish. And yeah, you almost need to understand their financial position better than they do. Um, but at the same time, they've got, like your clients have to understand that you're working for them. You're working for them trying to do everything. And you know, uh, the worst thing that a client can do is to not tell you everything because it just makes it harder for themselves. Um, at the end of the day, you're there to try and get deals approved, not to get deals declined because, you know, we all know we, we, we work on a commission basis. So if the deal doesn't get approved, then, you know, we, every, everyone's just, uh, you know, putting effort um, <laughs> for nothing. So nothing. Um, you want to, you, you know, once you get this type of client, it's better off to prospect that hour instead of um, dealing with that client. It's better off prospect for that hour and get five more potential clients that are going to be working in your site. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. You know, we've, we've all come across clients that have taken so much time um, for very little value at the end of the day. You know, do you want to continue pushing that uphill or, or, you know, or fighting a, a battle that, yeah, that's, that's very difficult or would you rather spend that time to go get, you know, better clients? Yeah. Um, yeah, so picking your battles, choosing your clients is also important. Um, but you know what, that's, 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 a con that's a conversation on its own, something that we can run another session on. But um, look, um, Ronald, really appreciate your time. Guys, thank you for coming on board. Um, I will send a copy of this um, recording to everybody. And um, Ronald, hey, if, if, maybe if you want to share your contact details um, to the guys, but I'll, I'll, send it, I'll send it across to those guys anyway. Please feel free to reach out to each other. No dramas. All thank right. you. Thank you, everyone. Really appreciate yeah, thanks. it. Yeah. Thanks, Ronald. Have a good day. You too, bye.